0: Hey, beautiful people. This is Kenny B. You
1: already know what your girl loves. And Melly Mel.
0: And you are listening to
2: Black, Black on the prowl
0: on 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio. So today we're going to start our episode off talking about something that has happened this past month. We have lost a legend. Um, Chadwick Bozeman has unfortunately passed due to... Um, cancer this last month, and we're going to just start the episode off, just kind of remember his legacy, and uh, we're going to take a quick moment of silence to just, you know, respect him, and we're going to go ahead and do that now.
1: Moving into today's show, we really, um, just want to remember Chatwick and, you know, his legacy, because I'll say for me personally, I don't like, you know, I think everybody has love for, you know, certain celebrities and, you know, people that they look up to and are very fond of that are in the public eye. Mm-hmm. But for me, this was just really hard to accept. Like, it's still hard to accept.
0: I know, Mel, mm-hmm. when you called me and said it, I thought you was lying through your teeth. She, like, called,
1: she called me, too.
2: Like,
0: hey, as soon as you said it, I looked on Google and showed up all the news. Articles I, said,
2: and stuff. I said to go look it up. I said it happened. It's true. And What's so
1: crazy is, like, when Mel called me, I don't even know, like, honestly, Mel, I don't even know how you knew I would be that devastated because Mel called me and she literally goes, Lauren, I need you to stay calm. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I just need you to promise me that you're gonna stay calm. And I was like, okay, why? Like, this is ridiculous. And she was like, Chadwick Bozeman died. And I was like, girl, stop playing. And I really thought she was joking. And as she was sitting there trying to tell me, my friend opened up her Instagram and that was the first thing that popped up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I literally felt like somebody shot me in my chest.
2: For a couple of days that's all that what that's all that it was on Instagram was just pictures of him and it really yeah, happened. and like some people some people what really amazed me was some people still took it as like a joke, but then some people were actually hurt by it, like I was one of the people who were actually hurt by it, especially like you guys weren't the only people that I called. I also called my aunt, and I told her, and I heard her tell my little cousin who that is his number one superhero because Sadly as it is, he is one of like the only like black superheroes on television as it is mm-hmm. right now. And it's like that he was Black Panther for like two years straight for Halloween. And that was his favorite superhero. So to hear him cry about it, too. It's like, wow, like this really did happen. It really
0: and I actually saw a lot of, uh, of the posts of like the kids um, who had like the action figures out and they would be like paying respects to, uh, to you know, Black Panther. And have them in the middle and have everybody else around them have y'all seen those posts as well with a little picture yeah. of the kids
1: yeah i've seen some kids do kind of like funerals almost mm-hmm. like with all of their like avenger action yep. figures
2: yep and it's just it's, I, I mean what i feel like i feel like when you see that in a way yes it is paying respect but i also feel as though i would have liked to see not the kids having a funeral but still playing with that toy because he may be gone, but what he's done for us isn't, it's mm-hmm. still there and it's still going. It yeah.
0: Just, I mean, uh, um, about, uh, you know, film and, you know, TV is that it's almost like like an internal life to a certain it's extent. It's forever. It's forever. You know, once it's out there, you know, so like all the movies that he's done, that's like his legacy and they'll, they'll always exist, you know? So he'll always, you know, live on through through his work.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, I'm, and it's almost still hard for me to talk about. Like I, literally, ten o'clock at night, I was calling my parents, sobbing, because I was like, "Chat, like Chadwick Boseman died," and it's just, it's amazing. Not just the impact that I'll say that he had, like you know, even on the three of us, like the impact that he had on the black community as a whole, because I think a lot of people don't understand. Like. Don't get me wrong, you know, I love Black Panther and Black Panther was monumental for Definitely. for us as a black people, as black people, for us as a black community. That was monumental. But I think a lot of people don't understand. Like he wasn't just Black Panther for us, you know, like mm. he he everything he did showed black people in a positive light like he wasn't just black panther he was jackie robinson he was james brown he was Thurgood marshall like he put those people he he brought those iconic black people to white hollywood and he showed white hollywood that you know like black people we've done things that are incredible we've done things that are important we're you know, we're more than what they think we are. And I just, his legacy is, to have that kind of legacy and to be taken from us as young as he was.
2: And everything that he's done, like, so far, like, outside of the movies, like, you have to think how tremendous. Like, it would, like, how, like how heartbreaking it is for him because did you see like the interviews and videos as to where he would go to speak with kids who did have cancer or who were going mm-hmm. through something similar to him and for yeah. him not to share that with the world. Like I feel like I, you, you can't even imagine the thoughts that were going on in, in his head when he had to sit there and speak to those kids. I think that it's really moving in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I think one of the main things that, you know, will help us to remember him for jet, gen- like, cause let's be honest, Charlie Bozeman is generational, mm-hmm. even as young as he was, even as soon as he was taken from us, he will always be generational. Mm-hmm. He's going to impact people for decades to come. And I think one of the really important things that, I think his message to the world that he really tried to put out was, you know, we, as a black community, we as a black people, we have to be unified. You know, we get Mm -hmm. teared down by everybody else. We can't afford to tear each other down. Definitely. And I think, you know, sometimes within the black community, we have a tendency to tear down our own people. And I think he was one of those people who, he really tried to correct that through his art.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, um, you know, before he passed, um, I know, Lauren, you were talking a little bit about it, how, you know, they were trolling him on, on social media about, you know, like his weight loss and things like that. Because yeah. he was, you know, looking, um, you know, from Black Panther doing the movie, he was looking a lot different, you know, um, looking, you know, kind of sickly and things like that. And some folks, they were just dragging him, trolling him and such without, you know, you know, trying to see what was wrong, you know? Because you never know what folks have going on in their own, you know, environment behind closed doors, you know, the things they don't let everybody in on. So that's one thing that is also important for us to do as a community, even outside of just this. It's like when you see somebody down, you know, try to see what's going on with them. Try to figure out what what you might not know because they might have things going on that are out of their control, that they don't want everybody, you know, knowing but when you see somebody down you can't just you know step on their neck you have to try to lift them up if you can
1: yeah i mean i don't i don't know the quote exactly but i know that there is a quote somewhere along the lines of you know it's a lot easier to tear somebody down than it is to lift somebody up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i feel like oftentimes a lot a lot and i'll say a lot of us in the black community, because, you know, we all got our tendencies. A lot of times, we all in the black community, we have a tendency to take that easy way out where it's easier to tear each other down than it is to take the time to lift each other up.
0: It is. It is, because even when you look at things like, uh, you know, in school when folks bully each other and stuff like that. And I I feel like, you know, no matter how old you get, everybody operates off the same childish, you know, um, principles. And like, even in, you know, middle school and elementary school, you had a bully who's bullying everybody just because they themselves feel insecure about something. I feel like even, you know, adults do the same thing. It might not yeah. look the same, but adults go on Instagram, they talk about people, they shoot shots at people. And you know, I hate social media. i tell you the truth. Um, mm-hmm. Cause all people do on there is talk about each other and shoot each other down and make everybody feel bad about each other. It's really a terrible system. <laughs> it is. Um, and I feel like we got to get away from that. And like, you should use your platform no matter how big or small to, to inspire people and to make people feel good about themselves and feel like they can do something rather than make them feel like they're never going to be nothing or they can't, you know?
1: Yeah. I, we really, we really need, especially with everything, you know, that's happened this past summer and everything that's going on in society right now, it is apparent more than ever that, you know, we as black people you know regardless of who you pray to who you vote for what you believe who you choose to spend your life with like because i know even during this summer like one of the big topics that i saw a lot was the fact that a lot of african-american people in the lgbtq community feel like they have nowhere to turn to mm-hmm.
3: Like and outsiders.
1: yes and it made me and it made me feel some type of way just because you know It's trying to figure out how I'm going to say it. But it's almost kind of like that same scenario of how some black women feel as far as I won't say the same scenario. But you know, how some black. It's like choosing between women's rights and black rights. mm
3: -hmm.
1: Or it's, it's like choosing between being the LGBTQ and being black when, you know, we're both. And honestly, like, I feel like in the black community, we don't show enough of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters enough love. We really don't.
2: We really don't. It's like I'm going to say it simply like this. You can't be Black Lives Matter if you don't count all of us.
1: Mhm. That's the truth. It is at the end of the day, we're all black. No matter who you pray to, who you vote for, who you choose to spend your life with, at the end of the day, we're all black and we're all fighting the same fight.
0: Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing that I do, um, and some folks hate me for it, but I I don't blame a lot of stuff on black people. Um, I feel like it's a condition that um, we have been, you know, kind of trained to act in, um, and kind of almost, what's it, um, psychological slavery to a certain extent. And when you look at, you know, the times when when, our ancestors were enslaved, the first thing that they would do is separate and break us down, you yeah, know, the separation between the people who you know the outside, um, the darker people who would work the fields and such, and then you had lighter the lighter um lighter ones who would work inside the house, and you know mm-hmm. they might be you know relatives to the family do through uh, you know rape and whatnot, and that created a separation right there,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: then you have over so- you know years and years more separations come into into play. And I feel like that's exactly what they want because if we're separated, then we can't get but too far. You know what I'm saying?
2: Right. Because it's like, it goes into the LGBTQ. It also can go in towards colorism. It can go towards, like, whether you're considered wealthy or poor based off of what you were. Because if you think about it, like, everything that originates, like, with Sunday best, like, we, we, I don't know if y'all know that, but like with Sunday Best, like we were, our ancestors were trained to like, you know, look proper just so white people can show other white people how good their slaves look compared to theirs. So Mm -hmm. now our Sunday Best has become how good we look compared to other people Mm -hmm. at church and stuff like that. And it even goes into what we wear today amongst our friends, like who looks better, who like, aka, I don't know, drip, like who has the better drip or whatever. Like that's how it, that's how it goes. And we yeah. support ourselves even with that, because if a kid walks in with sketches and that's the only thing that his parents can afford, he's considered the outcast, while somebody who walks in with Jordans is considered so popular.
0: And folks, we need to stop sleeping on sketches now, because sketches is actually some comfort.
1: Mm-hmm, they are. And you know what? I get compliments all the time on, like, my sandals, and everybody thinks that they're Chacos man, chocolate's like $100-something. Them things are Skechers, and I pay like $40 for them, and they look the exact same. <laughs> <laughs>
0: honestly, I I'll be walking around with shoes, and I, I don't be can, honestly. As long as it's on my feet, and I'm not walking on just the bed floor, then yeah. I'm all right.
1: But I'll even say, like, you know, going back to, like, the point you made about colorism, I think I had this conversation with my mom, and I was telling her, I was like, you know, white people are so uncomfortable talking about racism. Mm-hmm. Like, they like to avoid it. They don't like talking about racism because it's uncomfortable for them. It's uncomfortable to acknowledge that history within themselves. I feel like colorism is like that for the Black community. It is. Where we are, we are uncomfortable having the colorism um, conversation because it, a lot of Black people don't want to admit, you know, there is that separation between light skin and dark skin where, you know, light skinned men are looked at a certain way versus dark skinned men and light women, light skinned women are looked at a certain way more than dark skinned women. Even, you know, even in film.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I mean, That's take like, take back, looking back at, you know, Chadwick Boseman and his legacy and Black Panther. Black Panther is one of, in all honesty, in my recollection, one of very few black movies that doesn't take that light skin approach.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Like they need to put the light and don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on my light skin brothers and sisters. I'm not hating on you. Mm-hmm. But there is but it does need to be addressed. The fact that there is more light skin representation than there is dark skin. Because you can go down the list of light skin representation. Yeah. But when you think of dark skin representation, a lot of people just throw out Lupita and think that that's she's supposed right. to child for black, dark skinned people. But we
2: had this conversation before on this show, and it's still relevant. Mm. Not like it disappeared. <laughs>
1: Colorism did not disappear.
2: I'm sorry. It's just like <laughs> when people when people think they have that conversation one time, it's not an issue anymore. It, it it's still very relevant. Yeah. It's like. Even when you think about it, like, with everything that went on this summer, they think that, like, I'm, like, like, I'm going to say it again. It's like Black Lives Matter isn't a trend. Mm-hmm. Just because you have the conversation and you do the thing one time doesn't mean it ended, doesn't mean it's over. It's still there and very relevant. Yeah, we just, we just need to do better.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We need to love on each other more. We need, we need to, you know, we need to be able to accept and even appreciate our differences. I think, you know, even in the Black community, a lot of Black people have to understand not every Black person is the same.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Not every Black person likes the same stuff that other Black people like. You know, and there's like, we have to be able to accept the differences within each other but at the end of the day we all black yeah
3: mm-hmm. yeah and uh, I, I,
0: I
1: whether like you like hip-hop or country at the end of the day you still black
0: <laughs> yeah that's the truth and I feel like that's the, that part of the problem is um that people call themselves there's a lot of people who will just swear up and down they're so open-minded but as soon as somebody has a opinion that's opposite of them they close well, up. Why?
2: well why do you think that
0: Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and it's nothing wrong it's with having not, a conversation.
2: It's not wrong with the conversation, but it's wrong when you stop somebody for giving, like allowing them to give their full opinion.
0: Yeah. Because I think it, it's important to, you know, like we say all the time on, on, on the show, communication is key. But I feel like a lot of people, if they believe one thing and they're said in it, when they hear another belief, they aren't open to discuss that, to discuss with that person and understand where they're coming from. They just know what they know. And that's it. And that's all. And I feel like that's one other reason that we can't, you know, get too much further is because if you run into another black person who might believe something different from you, whether it's, you know, um, from a sexual sexuality standpoint or from a religious standpoint or from a political standpoint, you you, you just close up and you don't want to hear anything they have to say because everything they have to say is just apparently wrong, you know, and we got to get rid of that mentality because if, unless we open up and can have, you know, conversations with people who may have different beliefs and different thoughts, then we're not gonna be able to bridge that gap as far as, you know, uniting and uh, being, having unity among ourselves as, you know, a race of people, you know.
2: And it's also, it's like, do you not realize that our ancestors fought so we can have our own opinions? Cause like them, mm-hmm. They were their voices were closed, their voices were shut down. They weren't allowed to have their own opinions. They weren't allowed to do many things. And right now we're at the point where we can have our own opinions. We can stray from the status quo and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can't be so, you can't be a stickler to be like, this is exactly how we have to be. When we fought so long, so we don't, ha- so we don't have to hear anybody tell us, this is how we have to mm-hmm. be.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, just with everything that's been going on and now losing with like, like, in all honesty, I, I think his – not saying that his legacy is not – it's like I can't even talk about him without, like, trying to struggle, trying to figure out, you know, how I want to articulate myself. But it's, his death – almost taught me more I think about myself than you know when he was alive
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know they always say you listen more when somebody's gone than you do when they're here mm-hmm. and I think his legacy has really taught us that you know we have to unify and we have to keep going we have to continue the work that he didn't get to finish right you know he walks so mm-hmm. we can run and we just can't let his legacy we have to keep it going you know we just we have to continue the work that you know he did for us as a black community and trying to unify us and trying to make sure that you know we all felt equal and we all felt accepted and we all felt heard and we all felt you know seen
0: yeah Mm -hmm. you know it's interesting too because uh one thing that i've been seeing a lot and even looking at some uh articles now um, you know, Black Panther Two uh, was supposed to, you know, was in production, supposed to come out uh, 2022. And right now, you know, it's kind of like a uh, Disney and uh, Marvel is in a bind as far as how they want to proceed with that movie. And a cut lot it. of people um Cut it. You say cut it.
1: Cut it. I don't want to. I don't. I. Um, the, man, the only man. way I would ever want to see that movie is if they kill his character. And, give and they just, give the throne to his sister. That's, that's the only lot, way I want to see. Lot it. Lot of, I've
0: been saying a lot of that
1: because that, y'all, y'all know me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really big Marvel fan. So, like y'all know me, I'm a big Marvel fan. Like, yeah. I got the encyclopedia. I'm a big Marvel fan, mm. and I'm telling you, and I'm telling both of y'all. But I'm sitting here, and I am telling the people who are listening to this: if Disney and Marvel make the decision to recast that part, I will not give them another cent out of my pocket and i'm being dead serious
0: i feel like there will be a lot of backlash if they do um recast it um uh-huh. it'll be like it'll be like a um like i viv and uh the fresh prince and just it's some new person and you're like what what is happening just you know shows I mean? up <laughs> just shows up and ever and that alone already has not done well with shows such as you know for fresh Prince, when that happened with that with that show the show had like a couple more seasons and that was it because a lot of folks were like, what is going on, you know? So I feel like, um, in the past that hasn't worked well with audiences. So I highly doubt they would just, you know, recast it. Um, they're definitely going to do, I mean, like they already spent money. So I know they're going to finish doing. Well, they haven't started
1: art- production,
0: even though they haven't started, you know, money goes into it long before. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I know if they had actually you know, started rolling cameras. They would have really been in the bind then um and it'd be a lot more interesting to see what they do at, at that point but honestly technology's so crazy they could still really make it and he could be in it no they got crazy they gonna they, they might try it
1: no nope. um, i won't i promise you marvel <laughs> won't get another set out of my pocket but, um, i, 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 I don't think you. that
0: his sister like taking the throne that would be a great you know
2: in some ways i kind of feel like marvel kind of new because the way that they just ended the last movie with captain america giving mm-hmm. hawkeye his shield as to become falcon. The, the falcon yeah sorry thank you falcon the new um to give him to give him captain america's shield i feel like that's setting up for him to be a new major superhero within the show mm-hmm. within the series
1: well so, and then because I'm pretty sure you know. You know, Marvel does all their movies in phases. Mm-hmm. So the last phase was, you know, wrapping up Iron Man and Thor and Captain America stories. So this phase was really supposed to be really heavily about, you know, wrapping up Spider Man and his trilogy, wrapping up Ant Man and his trilogy. You know, finishing up Black Panther. Black Panther was supposed to have another two movies.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, giving Black Widow her spotlight, which I mean, I'm sorry, no spoiler alerts, but if you've seen Endgame, kind of seems pointless at this point. <laughs> and, you know, giving, I think Falcon, Falcon was supposed to be getting his own stuff with Winter Soldier. hmm So they do all these things, you know, with the intent of this is like, they do their stuff, their faces with the intent of, okay, we're going to give him another movie, and then in two years, they're going to release the final movie, and it, it's just thrown off a lot of stuff for them. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I read, um, you know, Ryan Kruger, the um, director of Black Panther, who, if you don't know Ryan Coogler, he's also done, you know, Fruitville Station, mm-hmm. he's done a lot of amazing work, and I read his statement, regarding Chadwick and his death and it was just it made me have such a deeper respect for him not even so much like I, res- I obviously you know I respect him as an actor and I respect his work but just to understand the lengths that he went to like during production while also being sick and nobody knowing like you know he got the part and he went to every other audition for all the other characters and sitting there and, you know, talking to the director and understanding and like telling the director, you know, we can always do better. We can always do better. Like there's one part in his statement where he says, while filming the movie, we would meet at the office or at my rental home in Atlanta to discuss lines in different ways to add depth to each scene. We talked, costumes, military practices, he said to me, Wakandans have to dance during the coronations. If they just stand there with spears, what separates them from Romans? In earlier drafts of the script, Eric Killmonger's character would ask T'Challa to be buried in Wakanda. Chad challenged that and asked, what if Killmonger asked to be buried somewhere else? And that part like of his whole statement, that part just really hit me hard because that's one of the most pivotal And iconic moments of that whole movie
3: Mm.
1: is when Killmonger says, just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from ships because they knew death was better than bondage. Yep. And to know that he paid he played such a key part in that coming to life is just like this is just a terrible loss for the black community. Yes. it it really to know that we lost somebody who you know he didn't just make that film like to know that he wasn't just an actor who he's just reading lines and to know that he cared that much about the product that we as audience members were getting
0: he saved it
1: right like you know other actors are just like I'm just going to do what my director tells me to do Mm. but to know that he cared that deeply about you know his fans and the young child, the young black kids who are going to see this movie, and to know that he cared that much and that deeply—it's just. Yeah.
0: And like you said, um, you know, representation matters so much because, especially for like you said, the young people, um, the, the the children who you know were able to look at the movie and you know have a black figure to look up to in that light. Because of course, you know, the history books teach you about so many civil rights leaders that we've had and everything like that. But for, you know, young kids, they're not really thinking about that kind of stuff, Um, you know, at that age at least, but they're looking at superhero movies and they're playing with action figures. So when you show this to, you know, that little black boy and little black girl and they can see, you know, kings and queens that are, you know, dark like them and they can see, you know, a thriving country that's full of people like them and a superhero who's out here kicking butt that looks like them it means so much to see that at such a young age and it set you up for such a uh, a moment of confidence. Uh it's a life of confidence, really. Um, Stepping with, you know, a, a lot more knowledge and a lot more pride in yourself.
1: For sure. Uh, I think it literally, if there's anything that we can take away, you know, from Chadwick Bozeman and the legacy that he left for us to cherish, just, you know, We all need to be unified. We all need to uplift each other in this black community. We all Mm -hmm. we and you know what we all need to be represented, not just white skinned black people, but dark skinned black people, Mm -hmm. not just straight black people, but gay, lesbian, queer, whatever you are, black people. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: We all need to be represented. We all need to be included. We all need to. You know, appreciate each other because, you know, if we don't appreciate each other, who's going to?
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the thing. Because at the end of the day, the it, it, it buck stops at us. You know, it, it, what are we going to do as a community to move forward? And like you said, right now, we're in a crazy times. With everything going on with the movement. And we have so much separation already, you know, with social distancing and such due to this virus that we, we have to come together at some point. And when we do come together, we got to be able to actually get together in in a united front, you know, so that we can move forward as a community as a whole, because all the arguing and all the separation, not going to change nobody. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: At at the end of the day, everybody's still going to do what they want to do. Everybody's still going to be who they are. So you have to just unite with that, you know, common goal of moving forward as a you know racial unit and i think that's the most important thing that we can do right now is uh you know people of color and african americans is try to move forward as you know a united race and show that you're not in front because if if the foundation is all broken up then the house won't stand you know so we can't get a strong foundation of unity then we can't build nothing on top of it we can't build nothing on top of y'all.
1: Yeah. We, if we don't love each other, we can't expect other people to learn to love us Mm -hmm. or at least accept us. If we can't accept each other. How can we expect others to accept us? Mm -hmm.
0: And that's when folks get mad, you know, they get mad when they say, um, when folks talk about like, you know, when they have the police brutality and police killing black people and then folks come with the counter argument of, you know, black people kill black people too. And the thing with that is, um, I understand that it's not the same as, you know, police brutality but that shouldn't be an argument because we shouldn't be killing each other. I mean, I understand that that's not, you know, the point of everything going on right now, but we can't say black lives matter if they don't matter within our own community, all black, like, like you said, all black lives have to matter to us. So all the, the hate crimes and, you know, gang violence and all that kind of stuff, that's another, just another platform of separation that, puts the entire race at a, you know, worse position. So all in all, you know, we just got to really love, like you said, we got to love each other because that's the only way we're going to get forward. Um, We
2: we need to manifest this energy, but as we do that, we also got to take the steps encouraging that. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Right. And you know, like one of
1: our other great black legends said, Michael Jackson, you got to start with the man in the mirror. Mm -hmm. You can't expect other people to do something for you we can't expect peop- we can't expect other people to enact change in our community we need to do that for ourselves and you know it starts with us as individuals it starts with us with this show you know we we're not just inclusive to one type of black person this show is for all it's for all black people you know, and I think like we do a pretty decent job of, you know, we don't care who you are, or where you come from.
3: Definitely. At
1: the end of the day, in the eyes of black on the prow, you are accepted.
0: Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um but yeah, all in all, y'all, let me say you just make sure you're going into you're walking with love for, you know, one another and you're really, you know, walking with love and open arms and you are really accepting folks in to, you know, your, uh, our community because that's only we can get forward is with love and with peace, at least within our, uh, own community. So peace, move love and soul. Peace, love and soul. <laughs> um, because we, it, it's really true. Like here at Blackwater Pride, we love every one of you. So you have to love each other as well. Um, Yes.
1: But to wrap up this episode, we do also want to, you know, just take a quick second. Today is nine eleven. and we want to take a quick second and, you know, tell all of our first responders, black, yellow, purple, and otherwise, you know, thank you for your services because you know that those ain't easy jobs,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, putting your life on the line for other people. And especially, you know, nine eleven for us was so long ago, mm-hmm. but for a lot of people, you know,
2: it still hits home.
1: Yeah, they lost a lot of loved ones and a lot of, and people that you know meant a lot to them. So we do, you know, want to say that our thoughts and prayers are with all the families who were affected by nine eleven, and you know, we do thank our first responders for. You know, just looking out and making sure that we're okay and, you know, putting your lives on the line for us.
0: Contribution.
1: So, yes, we appreciate you.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, and we appreciate everybody for listening to this episode of Black on the Prowl. Um, and like we said, walk with peace and love and tune in next week.
1: Yes. Bye, y'all.
3: Bye. Bye.
0: Black on the Prowl was produced with the cooperation of the student staff of 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio and the CSU Department of Communications Department Chair, Dr. Gibson. Dr. Bruce Getz is WCUG's faculty advisor. You can listen to this show and other shows on 88.5 FM, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. Just search our call letters WCUG.